great future. We're talking real money. Well, it's time. Yes, it is. It's time to talk about something really important, real money, real money, your real money, the things you really do with your real money. And one really important part of real money, the real estate part of real money. We are going to talk today about real money estate or real estate money or investing in real estate or all the confusion surrounding real estate. And there's a whole lot of it. If you would like to get some questions answered by myself, Don McDonald or Tom Cox, over there. You can do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week by giving us a call at 855-935-TALK and leaving your question there or sending it in at talkingrealmoney.com on the contact form. So without further ado, let's talk about the topic of the day. This is a big one because lately, holy mackerel, I've been, I've been on Zillow looking at my house. My house is like going up by thousands of dollars a day. Your house has gone up by thousands of dollars. It's not going anywhere. Well, it's been going. It has been going up by yeah, thousands of dollars a day. I, you know, it's funny. I remember back in in 2006 when, mm. the, when the market here in Central Florida was at its really its all-time peak. I don't think it's ever gotten back, even today, to where it was then. And I had someone offer me, I, I bought my house for $350,000. It's a middle-class house, big big enough to raise four kids. Um, they offered me a million dollars for it in 2006. Should have taken it. Well, I'm married. <laughs> oh, there's that aspect. Okay. <laughs> I'm married. Wow. We, so yeah. wait a minute. Now, to your spouse, is your house an investment or a no. home? Home. Right. Part two. Always. Right. All right. So let's talk a little bit about real estate. Uh, by the way, from my personal experience, a couple things happened the last week that, that showed me how overheated. I'm home. The phone rings and someone says, hi, I'm sorry to interrupt you. And just give me a minute. But I have a cash buyer for your home if you're interested in selling. And of course, what do I say? How much? And she declined to give me the number. And by the way, what does a cash buyer mean to me anyway? Right. You Anyone who comes to buy your house has to be qualified. To, I mean, there's no, anyway, so that's number one. Number two is my daughter has now become a licensed real estate agent uh, because she sees opportunity here. Here's why. U.S. home prices. <laughs> Wait a minute. Has everybody, this is what happened in 2006. Everybody exactly. became a real estate agent. I know. So we'll talk about 2006 in a minute. Because here's the, the, the headline, the screaming headline in the Wall Street Journal. Home price growth reaches 15-year high. I think 2021 minus 15 is that number you just mentioned before, 2006. Case-Shiller Index shows the 20-city index rose 11.1% from a year earlier. Huh? Wow. Mm -hmm. And separately, the Federal Housing Finance Agency found a 12% increase in home prices. Uh, and by the way, uh, glad to hear Seattle back up at the top. No, not quite the top. Phoenix, number one. Seattle, number two, in terms of price growth in that period of time. And why does this make me nervous? I'll tell you why it makes me nervous. Because people have a tendency to think that it's growing fast, it will continue to grow fast. And and that does ring kind of a bell back to 2006, right? I think there was a little bit of this, it only goes up business. Then people have a tendency to think, oh, I've got to leverage up. I got to borrow more money and get into this market, right? Because I don't want to miss out. 
and they tend to buy more house than they need. They tend to take out bigger loans. And by the way, I know loans are much cheaper today than they were even in 2006 because you can get the 30-year mm-hmm. oh, now I think for somewhere around three. Yeah, right. I mean, so it, it is cheaper in that way. But they think mistakenly real estate will make you rich. Real est- this is the biggest purchase in your life. And really, okay. your retirement and an in my individual mind, is the per- no, purchase. but it is an individual purchase. It probably is. You know, yeah, you don't other often than you, yeah, because you've bought so many homes now that it's it's not one; it's many that are anyway. That's a whole separate podcast. I'm two. just giving Don a bad time. Okay, but don't you have the silver bullet too? That's not a home; three. it's an RV. I think it is. It's a recreational it's a vehicle. People could live in it. They could live in it, right? Ooh, so anyway, homeless people. I'm picking on them. I'm picking on them. But let's give a little history here. Because it was just a year ago that home sales, if you may remember, fell 40%. Yeah. And then, wow, May of 2020 bounced back. But the, here's one of the reasons that home prices have gone up so much, about 16% from a year ago in some studies. But um, inventory is still down about 30%. So you think that has an impact on? Absolutely. And interest rates being so low, people have refinanced and decided to stay put instead of moving up or moving out there are more real estate agents than houses on the market please don't tell my daughter that there's i forgot to (laughs) but here's (laughs) let's put this in perspective can we put this in perspective for a minute the the case shiller one year that's like 12 months right the last Mm -hmm, 12 months under 12 percent return under which sounds pretty good that's pretty good. How would you have done if you had your money in the Vanguard Total World Stock Index over that year? One year. Wow, that's a great question. I'll say like 35 or something. Try 56. Wow, okay. And if it was small cap, you're up over right, I'm not even small gonna... value, you're up over 100. So yeah. you got to put this that's one. Fair. You got to put fair. it in perspective. I love that. I love that. And And real estate, your home is really more of your home than a bank than a an investment. Yes, it can bank some wealth, but it doesn't really make you a lot of money. And as it banks your wealth, it creates a real problem. The more wealth you have built up in your house, the more money you have that you can't get your hands on in an emergency. Which brings me to a couple of points um, in terms of, because the questions we get for more for our clients' children than our clients are, A, should they buy a house now? Mm-hmm. Hey, the market's crazy. You got to have, you got to be pre-qualified, of course. You got to put in escalation. You got to do all these things if you want to buy, right? So they ask me that. And then the other part is people have a tendency in these moments to think, oh, I want to get in the business of owning many homes and collecting rents and being rich by seeing the value of those go up and collect the dividends from those. Two separate things. I'll touch on the first one. You can do the second. Because we truly believe, we've said this many times, your home should be a lifestyle purchase, not a timing, oh, I bought at the low in 2010 and I sold at the top in 2020. If you did, God bless you. I think that's great. But we don't think you should be doing real estate that way. The other way, Don, that people have a tendency to believe is I'll own three or four rentals and I'll get all the income off them and I'll be rich from the appreciation. Well, and there's a problem with that because we forget people buy a lot of houses to take advantage of leverage. So what they do is they go, okay, I've got $100,000. I can buy three cheap houses and put $30,000 down on each of these $300,000 houses. I'm going to have about a million dollars worth of house for 
$100,000. I'm going to have all this income coming in. What happens, though, that's great if the market goes up because your initial investment is $100,000. If the houses go up to $1.2 million in aggregate, you've tripled, basically, your yeah. money. A lot of money. Yeah. You've done really well. But what happens if the houses, your million dollars worth of houses, drops to $800,000? And by the way, this it's funny you raise that because <laughs> in the house where I'm recording this from right now, as you know, I bought for a, a pretty big price in the summer 2000, of 2007. Yeah. It, it, they were, literally rang a bell. The prices went straight down for about two years. He's, the guy next door ended up getting foreclosed on his, mm -hmm. and it was sold for about half a million, which was a lot less than what I had paid. So prices went down a lot. Now, they've rebounded, but they went down a ton in that period of time. Well, I have a number of friends. Most of them at the time were, by the way, real estate agents. They, in 2005, 2006, and 2007, were buying up homes like crazy to take advantage of the leverage, to take advantage of what they saw as a constantly appreciating market. And by 2009, every single one of them had lost all their properties. Wow. To so here are my, here's, here's my takeaway from today. Number one, like investing in stocks and bonds, don't get too excited because things can, as you just pointed out, can real estate can go down. It does go down. It wasn't that long ago where it did. Number two, your home purchase should be about lifestyle, not about getting rich. Number three, do not try to time markets. Buy in the appropriate place. Whatever the price is today, that is the price. And then here's the one that I think you have raised continually, Don. We get carried away in Seattle because it's had such a great run. Florida had a great run. There are places on the coast that have these dramatic ups and downs, by the way. But overall, plan on slow appreciation of your real estate, 1% to 2% a year over inflation, something like that. that. That's, by that's the way, been. that is the number. If you look at the Case-Shiller Home Index, they've got numbers going back more than 100 years the average appreciation after inflation, everybody says it's an inflation hedge, which to some extent Real it is. Real rate of return. Yep. The, mm -hmm. the, the, the amount of money you make after inflation, though, right around 1% per year. That's not stellar performance. It is not. And again, you may time it correctly where you buy in 2009, sell in 2020. God bless. You may be somebody who runs a business of owning properties, collecting rents, doing all that. I think that's great. I think it could be a very good business for you. But those two things are are oh. not ones I would plan on. And if you people raise think, well, it's going to be easy. You raise another one of my pet peeves. It's all these people who are are hosting classes and have podcasts and newsletters about passive income, particularly some of the fire people the uh, the the uh, financial independence retire early people who claim that buying real estate is the path to passive income and a comfortable retirement no 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 buying real estate like they're talking about multiple properties is getting into a business and if you're ready to go into business it's not passive anymore it's now a job and yes by the way the way i've made most of my money in my life is not from my investments it's from my jobs. Touche. No, I think that's great advice. So don't get all worked up about uh, 15 years. By the way, 15 years is 
2006. Remember what happened not long after 2000. I'm not saying it's going to no. happen again, no, but this I'm just market's saying. market's nuts it right now, well though. It, it feels it nutsy. I, I agree. So I don't time markets, but it. No. It, it, but I the, was. Again, though, the issue is stocks have a reason to become more valuable. They can increase their profitability, their earnings, their output, their production. They can do things to make themselves more valuable. A house does not in and of itself become more valuable. It only becomes more valuable should you do something to it, should the area in which it sits become more desirable. In other words, uh, the biggest reason is supply and demand. If there is increasing demand and the supply is reduced, as in today, prices go up. But you can have a decreased demand. And we do have an actual flattening population curve in this country. We do indeed. That's a good point. So it hasn't happened because inventory is still down dramatically and you have a period of time with Although, very low interest rates. And, and just from my personal perspective, I, yeah. I live in a community that was a planned community built by Disney many years ago in Florida. They were, at the, the beginning, they were building houses like they were going out of style. There was there was a lot at one point. There was a lot of supply. Prices went down because the demand was stable. Now, demand for this community, because it's near Disney World, is high, but there are no new houses being built, and they ha there haven't been any being built for like 10 years. However, Disney just sold another piece of land connected to this community, and they're going to build more than 1,000 homes there over the next couple of years. What do you think is going to happen to that supply-demand curve when a 1,000 new houses come on the market in the community. Yeah, I think you might see a price decrease. Nah, yeah. Not guaranteed, but yeah. it's a possibility. Debbie, Always. we need to sell. Debbie. <laughs> By noon, Debbie. if you don't mind, if yeah. I getting that going. Okay, we, we, we got to go. All right. Uh, hey, our number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-TALK. You can call us with, uh, with your questions 24 hours a day. Leave them on the electronic doohickey. They used to call them answering machines, but it's a computer somewhere. And we don't even know where the computer lives. I don't know that it even has a home. It doesn't need it's in real the estate. Cloud. It's it in doesn't the need cloud real estate because it lives in the cloud. That's a good point. Uh, but Maybe we they'll sell that as real estate. Because, you know, cloud, cloud real estate selling in Seattle, there's a lot of money to be had there. A lot of clouds. So, anyway. Just saying. I don't even get well, that joke. Okay. Well, you can't buy space to. in the clouds. You'll fall right through. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, they're working on that, that technology. A, that I'm was sure, a right stretch. Now. That was really okay. a stretch. We do have a question, though, that was oh, that was do. sent in from TalkingRealMoney.com. Yes. Actually, it was recorded at TalkingRealMoney.com. So there you go. Hi, guys. Uh, enjoy the program. My name is Paul, and I have $625,000 in 100% equities, very aggressive I have about $350,000 locked up in the house that, I, that I've paid off. And then I also have a pension uh, for teaching at $43,000. I plan to work another 10 years. That's when I'll probably get the 43000 Is it okay for me to treat my pension as the bond part of my portfolio and then just be really aggressive with the other part of the portfolio? Uh, I have 10 years. Just wondering if a pension is good for a bond portfolio. What do you think? We get this yeah, question a lot. 
It's Social Security, okay, my bond portfolio. People let's are just trying back. to get out of buying bonds. Look, if it's just about making more money, you should just have it all in stocks anyway. Stocks have made more money than bonds. Right. There are periods of time where bonds do outperform, but over the long haul, stocks have made more. And if you're okay seeing your $625,000 go down to three hundred and ten in some period of time, and in, who knows, near distant future, not to whatever it is, then yeah, go That's right ahead That's oxymoronic, that. the near distant future. Sorry, in, in, in near distant, that didn't work. Yeah, okay, it's <laughs> close proximity. So uh, here's the thing. Yeah. Sure, but most people... We know this because we've seen the numbers. We know that you have a tendency to sell when it looks like the future is dismal and prices have gone down. Remember a year ago, prices went, the market went down over 30% in like 30 trading days and people were freaked out. And what else were they saying then? It's never, this has never happened. We never had a pandemic, which really isn't true. We had one a hundred years ago, but so people thought it's the world's never going to be the same. I got to get my money out of stocks. The market's over, right? So if 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 you're one of those people, no, do not treat your your money. Do not put it all in stocks. Number two, you can take the risk quiz to find out what your stock to bond ratio might want to be. Number three, I don't know very many people. I can count them on one hand for our our clients out of like a thousand clients. There's about five of them that are all in stock that can take the the big swings and those are going to be big swings right both daily and weekly and yearly so i'm going to say you can do it you can treat it that way but emotionally it might be very very difficult right and that is the point this is one of the things that is hardest to get across bonds exist in your portfolio hey if you get interest from them, gravy that's awesome we want them in there because when you step back and look at your whole portfolio, if you're half in stocks, for example, and half in bonds, the worst year in the past would have been about a 25% decline as there opposed to a 50%. So it's just been easier for people to stomach because you can say, oh, but look at your whole portfolio. It's only down 25%. If you're 100% in stocks, worst case has been 50%. 50%. Could be worse in the future. It? We don't know. Could never be that bad again. We don't know. Can't Indeed. Know. So the the short answer is sure, go ahead and do it. Just be prepared for that big decline starting any day. Or never. Right. Although I doubt Hoping. never. I doubt never. Well, yeah, wouldn't be it be nice great? if it wasn't wouldn't in it be my great lifetime? If it never it nice went down again. My, yeah. Not well in my lifetime. After that, whatever. But Yeah, I, for your my, kids. The heck with them. Well, actually, that'd be perfect. On their own. Because they're gonna be in the accumulation phase. Indeed. And let you the prices plunge for them. That's yeah, right. Maybe. Okay, I let's agree. work that out. 20 years from now. We'll I got to make a couple calls, but we'll, we'll see what we can do. let the stock market tank. If you'd like to ask us questions, just call 855-935-TALK. That's 855-935-8255 because 8255 spells talk. Or go to talkingrealmoney.com. Send in your question that way. By the way, limited opportunity to go to retiremeet.com and watch Oof. the videos they go down at the end of easter sunday yeah i really sunday. the one i think it's been most popular has been the silly kitty tricks right the crazy cat i know that's been the number one video so you don't want to miss that before that goes away this is not your best day <laughs> i think it's among them though no no okay. no i don't anyway. think so no 
All right. No, we, well, got the, we, we got go, the buy in the cloud <laughs> joke and the silly know, kitty videos. Work. But the kitty. We don't have any goes, silly kitty videos. I know, but if you we say go watch a video online, that's the first video that always, or the cat that looks like Hitler. It's one of the two. But anyway, let's let's just, me- <laughs> that come out wrong. Let's mention one other thing that has really been popular, all silliness aside, and that is you, many of you have taken us up on our offer of one of hour of our advisor's time to look at your portfolio and your retirement plan. Thank you for that. If you have not, I suggest you do it because here's what we're finding with people that call. Yeah. Well, first of all, they generally don't even know what their stock to bond ratio is, which we analyze and tell you they don't know. They generally don't know with their stocks, how diversified they are, whether you have big and small, it turns out most people just have big stocks. So you're missing out on some of the gains that have been small. And number three, almost to a, no one has any idea how much they're paying others. And almost never. And they don't have any of them their furring funds. Them exactly. Furring I, don't funds. I don't want them furring funds in my portfolio. Exactly. You do so, actually and, want them their furring funds in your portfolio. That's a lot so you of gotta have a plan. A yeah, lot of a effing lot of alliteration there. <laughs> exactly. I, this isn't one of your best days. No. Um, so anyway, so no, I, the, I admit to that. <laughs> okay, I probably should be a little more honest um, since I fell and hit my head on Monday or whatever it was. So uh, here's the thing. I, get Call and take advantage of us or go online, fill out the form. We give you the hour. It costs nothing. And here's the favorite part that Don always mentions. There's mm-hmm. no obligation. We are not ob- you're not well, obligated no to become a pitch. client. No sales pitch and no obligation. So we're, that's it. Uh, we're, Go to vestry.com. Vestry.com. Ah, okay. Scroll to All the bottom right. of the page. Take bloop, advantage. Bloop, fill it out. Do okay. it. We're done. Let's go. Come Thank on. You. Show's over. That's enough. Podcast right. done. We're going to go off somewhere and, you know, we'll just hang around and talk real money all day. Bye. Talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?